Proverbs 19.21 says, Many are the plans in a man's heart, but the counsel of the Lord, it will stand. We find in 2 Samuel 17, Absalom rebelling, Ahithophel being a traitor, and Hushai being a true friend. But what really matters in the end is if you are aligned with the true king, and ultimately the true king is Jesus Christ, the greater David. We're going to see more about the counsel of the Lord standing forever in 2 Samuel 17, today on Walk in Truth. Welcome to Walk in Truth with Michael Lance. Walk in Truth is a ministry of Living Truth Christian Fellowship. It's our goal to build up believers and to reach out with God's truth to all people. And now, here's Pastor Michael. Psalm 1 is where we're reading. It says, how blessed, Psalm 1, is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, Psalm 1, verse 1, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. But his or her delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law, in the Lord's law, he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season. Its leaf does not wither, and whatever he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so. They are like chaff, which the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment. That means they're going to fall in the judgment. Nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous. But the way, notice the way is how you live, decisions you make, your worldview, your trust or not trusting in the Lord. In this case, the way of the wicked will perish. God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish. They'll have everlasting life. Now, the book to your right, after you get past the Psalms, is the Proverbs. It's uh, wisdom for daily living. Proverbs 19 is the next verse I want to show you just at the outset of this sermon. Proverbs 19, if you look at verse 20 with me, Proverbs 19, 20, it addresses this issue of counsel and it says these words, Proverbs 19, 20 says, listen to counsel and accept discipline. These are action words for those who are reading God's word, those who are listening to God's truth. We are to listen to counsel and accept discipline. David was being disciplined by God as we read through 2 Samuel. When you listen to counsel and accept discipline, that you, or you could say, then you will be wise the rest of your days. Many are the plans in a man's heart, but the counsel of the Lord, it will stand. Would you turn to 2 Samuel? Our main text this morning as we continue to look at the life of David and thinking about counsel and wisdom, you guys have all heard probably the saying before that hindsight is twenty twenty. What that simply means is that when something's happened, it's easy to look back on something and say, Woulda, shoulda, coulda, right? We should have done this. We should have done that. But the wisdom of hindsight in many ways has very little practical value. <laughs> Here's why. It's after the fact. It's after you lost. It's after something bad has happened. It's after 17 people are dead in Parkland, Florida. Now, the wisdom of the Bible is both hindsight and foresight. Let me explain. 
The Bible's instruction, and this is, pertains specifically to Old Testament stories, was written for our instruction that we would not repeat the silly mistakes that Israel made as a nation. So it does apply to our nation and to individuals within the nation. When we read these stories, we're not supposed to read them just simply as someone sitting in the stands as a casual observer. We're supposed to read them with the intention of where do we fit in that story and what do we need to amend or learn so we don't do the same stupid thing. Amen? Now, the Bible also has the wisdom of foresight. Here's an example. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 25, he's teaching about the end days, the last days. He says, behold, I've told you in advance. He says in Matthew 24, 35, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word shall not pass away. The Bible has the wisdom of foresight as well. Here's what you want to get to, a point you want to get to in your life is to not make the mistake in the first place. To be able to have the wisdom of foresight and say, if I walk down that street again, since every time I walk down that street, I hit the same dead end sign at the end, and I've got the big goose eggs to prove it, don't walk down that street anymore. This time it's going to be different. You ever been at the beginning of the street? You've been down it 99 times. On the hundredth time, I declare... Right? But it's the same dead end. The wisdom of foresight says, look down the road, see where that's going to lead you, and don't go there if it's going to be bad, negative, hurt you, your family, your testimony. The Bible is full of God's wisdom, but we are supposed to listen and accept it. Now, David was being disciplined by God, and two men were extremely mad at David, and they had been harboring the bitterness. Absalom was mad at his dad because he seemed to do nothing when something bad happened to his sister. Ahithophel was mad at David because he was Bathsheba's grandpa, and he was mad at what David had done to his family. The two men were harboring bitterness for years, and that bitterness became a root, and it started to spring up, and it was defiling many people. David deserved some anger from these men. Both of them had legitimate anger against David, but both of them had to realize that God was going to discipline David. And when we realize that God is big enough to deal with situations, we can leave some people in some situations to God. Now, I'm not saying we don't hold people accountable. I'm not saying there's not legal recourse for situations when things go wrong. I'm not saying any of that. I'm talking about us personally. And oftentimes it's with other Christians or family members. We have to be able to leave room for God's discipline. And Paul says in Romans 12, 19, even for God's wrath. Somebody has said, Revenge is a dish best served cold. And a lot of people who walk around with revenge on their heart end up eating themselves up. And I, I listened to Ravi Zacharias this morning, and he was saying, you know, he goes, sometimes it, it feels like it's worse when, when you have hate come your way and you have something terrible happen to you. 
it seems worse to be the person that has the hate to begin with. And so this is the dynamics in a fallen world that we live in and the lessons we have to learn. And Absalom had led a a rebellion against David, his dad, and Ahithophel, David's trusted counselor, had jumped ship. He was now with Absalom. He had given Absalom uh, advice that Absalom should take David's harem, and he did that in broad daylight, and this has already occurred, <clears throat> and we have now chapter 17 opening with furthermore. Ahithophel said to Absalom, he's become Absalom's main counselor. He says, please let me choose 12,000 men. That's an interesting number. That I may, or and I will, New King James ESV, arise and pursue David tonight. What should we do was Absalom's question. What's next? Well, first, Ahithophel said, go and take your dad's harem because then people will know you're serious and it will be your claim to the throne. And now I have further advice for you. Let me, look at verse one, 2 Samuel 17. Let me choose 12,000 men that I may or I will arise and pursue David tonight. Let's get this over with tonight. Absalom's name literally means a brother or the brother of folly. His advice was sad and tragic. The word for fool in Hebrew is sakal. It speaks of someone who is naive. In the Hebrew picture language, it speaks of him who supports everything because he stands for nothing. Absalom was a fool. He was naive. He asked people for counsel, but you're going to see that Absalom was the type of individual that blew with the wind. He would get one piece of advice, that sounded good until somebody else said something. And we have a world today and people who come in and out of the church that don't know where to hang their hat. They don't know whose advice to take. One minute they say, man, I want to be a Christian. That sounds pretty good. The next minute they have a group of friends telling them something else and they blow like the wind. And they are a person that James expresses are unstable in all their ways, James chapter one, because they haven't decided who they're going to follow. And there's a hymn that we sing in the church, I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back, no turning back. Now, I know if we're all going to be honest this morning, we would say there's been times when I felt like turning back. There's been times when it seems like running in the opposite direction was much easier than being a Christian and standing my ground and denying my flesh and all of that stuff. But God's way is always the right way because the counsel of the Lord, it stands forever. So Ahithophel said to Absalom, look, I'm gonna do this. Let me take 12,000 men. Let me deal with your dad tonight. When Judas betrayed Jesus, John 13, 30, it says, and it was night. Judas went out and it was night. Notice Ahithophel continues. I will come upon him while he is weary and exhausted. He's speaking of what he wants to do to David. Will terrify him so that all the people who are with him will flee. Then I will strike down the king alone. You think Ahithophel has a little grudge against David? I will bring back all the people to you. The return of everyone depends on the man you seek. Then all the people should be at peace. So the plan pleased Absalom and all of the elders. 
Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. This is Pastor Michael Lance. I'm the senior pastor of Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona. Hey, I want to tell you something that's exciting happening here at the church. We have a college that we've started. We offer a two-year diploma in Christian apologetics and theology. We have two exciting classes coming up with great instructors. It's Hidden Riches of Church History from the Resurrection to the Reformation. And we have a class on Christian philosophy. How do we know what truth is? We're going to look at epistemology and some other subjects like that. Are you a working adult? Have you just graduated from high school and looking to go deeper in your faith? The tuition is very low and the instruction is excellent. And the classes start in July. Are you interested? Do you want to go deeper in your faith? Do you want to be more equipped to give answers for the hope that you have in the public square? Well, check it out today. It's thetruthacademy.com, thetruthacademy.com. Sign up today, find out all the information, and get equipped. God bless you. And it was night. Judas went out, and it was night. Notice Ahithophel continues. I will come upon him while he is weary and exhausted. He's speaking of what he wants to do to David. Will terrify him so that all the people who are with him will flee. Then I will strike down the king alone. You think Ahithophel has a little grudge against David? I will bring back all the people to you. The return of everyone depends on the man you seek. Then all the people should be at peace. So the plan pleased Absalom and all of the elders. If you take a peek at verses one through five, you'll see five I will statements from Ahithophel. I'll do this, I'll do that, I'll do this, I'll strike the king down, I'll bring the people back. And by the way, young King Absalom, king is in quotes, Everything that happens next depends on the decision you make now. Who you're going to choose right now. Now, if you're Absalom, would you take a little gulp at this point? (laughs) Quite a speech, Ahithophel. Do you know that what Ahithophel said was true? Everything that happened next was going to depend on whose counsel Absalom would take. If Absalom would have paused right here and said, you know what, wait a minute, hold on. We haven't prayed. We haven't sought the word of God. We haven't sought wisdom from above. This could have been different. But there was none of that. It was all human wisdom. And so he says, I will, I will, I will. Now, some of you, as you look at this, something's ringing in your head because you may remember that someone else made five I will statements in Scripture And his name is Lucifer. It's recorded in the book of Isaiah. If you go to your right, it's Isaiah chapter 14. The immediate uh, address, Isaiah 14, is to the king of Babylon. But there's a secondary layer, if you will, of another being being addressed. His name is Satan. Satan is the one, as you turn to Isaiah 14, who had already put in the heart of Judas Iscariot the son of Simon, to betray betray Jesus. That's John 13, verse 2. And here's what it says about Satan. This is Isaiah 14, 11. Your pomp and the music of your harps have brought you down to Sheol. Maggots are spread out as your bed beneath you, and worms are your covering. You're going to get a new blankie. It's called a maggot blankie, a worm blankie. Just think about that image for a second. It's an image of the grave. Uh, I'm trying to remember the teacher, but he, 
he was in India, I believe, and on a missions trip. And he said he used to take a jog every morning. And uh, he would jog around whatever city he was ministering in. And he would pray and seek the Lord. And he said he was jogging and there was a dead, I think it was a dead cow laying on the street. And maggots were eating away at it, doing whatever they do. And he said he paused. He was running and he paused and he looked at it and he said, the Lord spoke to his heart and said, do you see those maggots there? That's a picture of your sin. That's a hard image to get out of your head, but maybe it's a good image. Maybe it will mean you'll eat one less pancake when this service is over. You can thank me later for that. Anyway. Notice what happens next. How you have fallen from heaven, Isaiah 14, 12. Oh, star of the morning, literally Lucifer, New King James, shining one. Remember, Lucifer was a shining angel in the presence of God, son of the dawn. You've been cut down to earth, you've, you who have weakened the nations. But you said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the mount of the assembly in the recesses of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. Nevertheless, you will be thrust down to Sheol, to the recesses of the pit. Those who see you will gaze at you. They will ponder over you, saying, Is this the man who made the earth tremble, who shook kingdoms? who made the world like a wilderness and overthrew its cities, who did not allow prisoners or captives to go home. I will. I will. Ahithophel made this speech, if you go back to 2 Samuel 17, to Absalom. I'll do this. I will. I will. But the counsel of the Lord (laughs) stands forever. And who did God choose to be the king of Israel despite his flaws and weaknesses? His name? David, the man after God's own heart. God made a covenant with David. We talked about it earlier in the book. The Davidic covenant. David was God's selection. By the way, newsflash, God does not choose perfect people because... There ain't none. (laughs) Amen? I'm not excusing David's sin, but David was God's man despite his flaws. So Ahithophel gave this advice. It sounded pretty good. Absalom liked it. The elders gave a thumbs up. And then Absalom said, verse 5, 2 Samuel 17, "Now, now call Hushai the archite. Also, and let, it, let us hear what he has to say. Now, Hushai, remember, was David's friend. We saw this last week. He was loyal to David. He had gone back into the city to be David's eyes and ears, part, part of the spy network that we'll talk about. And Hushai acted like he was with Absalom, but he was with David. You, if you were with us last week, you remember how it was kind of the double speak. He, it sounded like it was about Absalom, but he was really loyal to David. And so Hushai was waiting in the wings. Apparently, he wasn't in the room when this counsel was given by Ahithophel. And so Absalom wanted a second opinion. So he says, call in Hushai the archite. Is it good to get a second opinion in life? Yes. But sometimes you have to ask the reason why you're trying to get a second opinion. If you have a medical situation, it's really good to get a second opinion. 
If you have a good friend of yours in the Lord who tells you the truth and you just don't like it, so you're going to get second and third and fourth opinions until someone tells you what you want to hear, that's not good. The Bible does teach safety in a multitude of counselors, but who you choose to be in that multitude of counselors is extremely important. And then you have to ask an additional question. What's the motive for their counsel? Ahithophel's motive was David's destruction. Ahithophel did not care about Absalom. I'm reading between the lines, but this is my own personal view. I don't think he cared a shred about Absalom. I think he cared about his own agenda. Watch out. If you get people in your life who give you counsel, but really they're looking right past you to their own personal agenda. In fact, they wouldn't mind stepping on your head if it gets them up another rung of the ladder. I'd be really careful who is in your network or your circle of trust. Now, David had prayed in uh, 1531 of our book, O Lord, Lord, please turn the counsel of Ahithophel into foolishness. And Hushai would become the vehicle by which this would happen. Absalom probably shouldn't have asked for any more counsel, but he did ask Hushai. Maybe Ahithophel left the room and Hushai had come to Absalom And Absalom said to him, Ahithophel has spoken thus. So he told him Ahithophel's plan. We saw those in the first four verses, that plan. He said, shall we carry out this plan, his plan? If not, you speak. So here's what he said. He said he's going to do this. He's going to do that. He's going to do this. He wants to attack David tonight. What do you say? And I'm sure everybody in the room bent in a little bit. What's Hushai going to say now? Psalm 33, 10 through 12 says, the Lord nullifies the counsel of the nations. He frustrates the plans of the peoples. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of his heart from generation to generation. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people whom he has chosen for his own inheritance. That's Psalm 33, 10 through 12. This is Proverbs 16, 9 and 10. It says, the mind of man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. A divine decision is in the lips of the king. His mouth should not err in judgment. Proverbs 16, 9 and 10. So Hushai said to Absalom, this time the advice of, that Ahithophel has given is not good. Now if you look at the end of chapter 16, it says that the advice Ahithophel of Ahithophel, which he gave in those days, was as if one required, inquired of the word of God. So was all the advice of Ahithophel regarded by both David and Absalom. When Ahithophel spoke, people listened. He was the man. He had had an incredible knack for giving sound, wise advice. But Hushai says, this time, Ahithophel, what he said is not good. Now, he couldn't say, Ahithophel's out to lunch, man. This guy's off his rocker. (laughs) No. But he just said this time. You know, everybody gets it wrong every now and then. Now, what's Hushai trying to do? He's trying to thwart the counsel of Ahithophel to give David, the one he loves, more time. David just got over the hill and the people are now moving toward the Jordan River and he said, I'm gonna wait in the fords until you give me word about what's going on. And so behind Hushai is this deep desire to protect the king. He says, moreover, verse eight, Hushai said, you, this is emphatic in the Hebrew, you know your father and his men. He's kind of 
buttering him up or appealing to his pride. He says that they are mighty men. They are fierce like a bear robbed of her cubs in the field. Your father is an expert in warfare and will not spend the night with the people. Now, what's he trying to do? He's trying to undermine Ahithophel's advice. Your dad and the troops are weak and wary. You know, Ahithophel was right. They were. They were poured out. They were vulnerable. But Hushai started to plant some seeds of doubt. And he said, he used a powerful image. He said, your dad and his men, you know your dad. Man, they're mighty and fierce men. They're mighty warriors like a mama bear robbed of her cubs. Now, if you've ever seen a mama bear robbed of her cubs, you don't want to mess with mama bear. And we got some mama bears in the church today. And if you mess with their cubs, look out. It ain't going to be pretty. Now, if you're Absalom, your eyes are getting a little bigger. That's right. In fact, my dad told me stories when we were eating Cheerios in the morning. He said, and this is what he said to Saul, there was a couple times when a lion came and tried to steal away the sheep or a bear, and I grabbed him by his beard. I'm being serious now. And I dealt with the beer and the lion. And Absalom had to be thinking, lions and tigers and bears? Thank you. My lead of this sermon was going to go back to The Wizard of Oz, that great theological movie, when the question is asked of the scarecrow, how is it that you talk if you have no brain? He goes, well, there's an awful lot of people talking these days that have no brains. <laughs> anyway, but I, I didn't think that would be a great opening line, so. Behold, he is now, your dad, tactically brilliant. Everybody's come against your dad. You know what happens to them. He's probably hidden himself in one of the caves. You can talk to Saul about that when. Uh, if, if you get to see Saul, right? Or in another place. And it will be when he falls on them at the first attack that whoever hears it will say, there has been a slaughter among the people who follow Absalom. He's like a, he's like a mama bear robbed of her cubs. And by the way, your dad knows how to stay in caves with his men and he'll ambush one of your, one of your teams. And when he ambushes them, word will get to the rest of your troops and everybody will lose heart because they'll say it's impossible to take on David. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. This is Pastor Michael Lance. I'm the senior pastor of Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona. Hey, I want to tell you something that's exciting happening here at the church. We have a college that we've started. We offer a two-year diploma in Christian apologetics and theology. We have two exciting classes coming up with great instructors. It's Hidden Riches of Church History from the Resurrection to the Reformation. And we have a class on Christian philosophy. How do we know what truth is? We're going to look at epistemology and some other subjects like that. Are you a working adult? Have you just graduated from high school and looking to go deeper in your faith? The tuition is very low and the instruction is excellent. And the classes start in July. Are you interested? Do you want to go deeper in your faith? Do you want to be more equipped to give answers for the hope that you have in the public square? Well, check it out today. It's thetruthacademy.com, thetruthacademy.com. Sign up today, find out all the information, and get equipped. God bless you. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Pastor Michael would love to hear from you. You can write him when you visit walkintruth.com.